Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. We are in the middle of a series on how to fix your writing life. And today's episode, we are talking about facing your flaws. Amanda, I don't have any flaws. I'm flawless. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of those skills that there's no easy way to acquire it. If you're going to be able to face your flaws, you have to be able to acquire it the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. And that hurts and sucks and is awful in general. Yeah, being yeah. able to face your flaws, I think, comes after probably being humbled really hard. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Or just starting humble. But I think more of us probably need to be humbled than are mm-hmm. living that constant humble life. As like parenting. I mean, you think your kid is amazing and they are amazing. And, you know, you see, you kind of see their flaws, but you also like are really well, that's there because of X, Y, and Z. And it's easy to kind of explain away, right? you know, your kid's problem with control or whatever yes. the kid's problem may be, because you just see so much good in them and the good is there, but the flaws are also there because that's just part of life. And so that's how I see like this part of the process as a writer is being willing to do a good self-assessment. And that may involve bringing other people in to get advice bringing other people in to give feedback or critique and then just being honest with yourself about what you do well and what you do poorly and what you need help on Mm -hmm. and being open to maybe having some aha moments about yourself. Yeah. You You may have thought that you've got something really nailed down and like you're great at a certain aspect or you may view yourself as a certain writer. I, I see this a lot with writers. They view themselves as, well, my writers, my, my writing is very humorous or my writing is very um, emotive or, you know, they've got all these descriptors for the writing. Right. And those descriptors aren't usually accurate. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like being open to just being corrected and, and cause there's nothing, I don't know. I, there's nothing bad about having an accurate view of yourself and your writing abilities. In fact, there's something empowering about it because then you can more accurately describe who you are, fit into the mold that works for your strengths and then develop a career. So in facing your flaws, the first big question is to ask yourself, is it the manuscript that is the problem Mm -hmm. or is it you? Are you the one? It's me. (laughs) It's 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 me. I'm my own worst enemy. It's not my manuscript. (laughs) I feel like when you're early in your writing career, a lot of times it is the manuscript that is the biggest hurdle Mm -hmm. and a lack of being aware enough to know what to fix. It's like there's that lack of self-awareness sometimes, but the manuscript is a bigger, the biggest hurdle. And then as you advance and mature in your journey, then you become your own worst enemy Yep, (laughs) because you're trying to live up to this idea that you have of what your writing life is going to be like. And you're trying to encapsulate that when it may not fit what's natural for you. I think some of the ways that you can know if it's the manuscript 
involves some sort of outside critique. Mm -hmm. I think you can catch some of it yourself, especially if you're really dedicated to reading within your genre. If, if you're writing what you enjoy reading, I think you'll be able to pick out those flaws and mm -hmm. say, okay, I'm not meeting genre expectations here, or I really need to work on my prose or my dialogue's really stilted and does not sound believable whatsoever. You know, you can pick up on those things and identify that's the manuscript. But I think sometimes you need that critique group, mm -hmm. that beta reader, that professional editor sit down and say, listen, there's a way that you write and it, it needs to be fixed or your sentence structure is not being varied enough. You know, we need, we need a break. Our eyes need a break. They need something interesting. Let's also address the fact that it can be hard to get good critiques mm -hmm. and people who know what they're talking about. I absolutely believe that a strong critique is the key to becoming aware of what is not working in your manuscript. But so many times we give our manuscript to people that we think are going to give us give solid feedback and they're just, this was great. You did a great job. I'm so proud of you. Or mm -hmm. point out really things, things that don't really matter. Like there were some comma errors, like that doesn't matter when it comes to <laughs> overall, right. an overall critique. So it's hard to find people. So I've, I feel like this might be a space where it would be worth investing if you don't have anyone who you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your writing. You may want to just spend some money to bring someone in mm -hmm. to just give that honest, honest assessment, someone who doesn't know you personally, or if they do, they aren't you know, tied to your writing career necessarily, necessarily right. in a way that would make them biased and then just be open to what they say. I think I've talked about this in the podcast before I went, I attended a writer's critique group locally and they didn't know I was an agent and I read my chapter. Sneaky. Oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know. They thought I was just some girl. And I read my chapter and they tore it to shreds in a good way. Like it was the kind of critique, and this is where you have to be mature as a writer to be able to understand when a critique is just being mean and when a critique is trying to be helpful. Right. Like they tore, they just leaned into it. I could tell there was like an energy and excitement behind their, what? I'm picturing like at the end of Lion King when Scar is at the bottom of Pride Rock and surrounded by the fire and all the hyenas are like circling him. Yes. that's what I'm seeing when you're talking about it getting torn to shreds. It, they just so many things like, well, how does, cause it was science fiction. Well, how does the car work? Readers are going to want to know about this, about her. You didn't really describe her. There were so many things. And I could tell that it was because they saw potential yeah. in the piece mm -hmm. that they knew we're not going to handle this writer with kid gloves. Mm -hmm. We're going to go at her and give her the best that we have because this piece could be really, really, really good. Yeah. And that's what, that's what happened. And it was just so helpful to see, yes, my piece was good enough to like get that kind of honest response from them, Yeah, but also it needed work mm -hmm. and something that I thought was so perfect and so polished because I had written and rewritten that chapter a thousand times. And it's it still, they found all of these things 
that I needed to fix. So it was humbling. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a great experience. Critique groups or someone else's input and just being open and saying, well, that they think this, there might be some truth to it. When I've been in critique groups and somebody has submitted something that just didn't have potential, you know, those critiques are really vague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if people are being very specific about exactly what needs to be fixed, okay. You know, that's a different writing problem than mm-hmm. nobody really tells me too much. They say they like it, but I don't really get any feedback on how to fix yes. it or what to do with it. Uh-oh. That's a sign that they are handling you with kid gloves because mm-hmm. they're afraid of hurting your feelings because your writing probably needs a lot of fundamental work. Yeah. If people are recommending how to write fiction to you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, or just, or, or the, the, um, my favorite, like broad brush feedback is, well, I can tell you're really excited about this story. And that oh is always a good thing. I encourage you to look into showing versus telling, or, you know, one of those yeah. basic, one of those mm-hmm. basic things. And that's where I usually end it with that one chunk of information because showing yep. versus telling that is a rabbit hole that that's usually all that person can handle for that one critique if they're at that level and if they need right. that basic advice right so but yeah that's usually what it sounds like when the person really isn't quite when they're still in the beginning stages of their yeah. of their learning what about facing flaws when it comes to you the writer and your the way you're handling your career I think for me A red flag is not knowing what genre you want to be in Hmm. or very obviously writing in a genre where you don't want to actually have a career. And I know that sounds wild. Like who would write an entire book in a genre that they don't actually want to have a career in? And I've seen it a lot, Mm -hmm. actually especially at writer's conferences when people have like one or two books published and they'll get contacted by a publisher saying, look, we need somebody to do this. And I'm sorry, we couldn't publish you on your last couple of works, but we think you could be great at this. Mm-hmm. It's one of those downfalls of making friends with, you know, agents and um, editors and things like that is you get these tempting opportunities that are not that great of an opportunity. If you yeah. don't want to if you don't want to live in that space, don't write in that space. Yeah. yeah. I've worked with clients in the past who I've, I signed them on for one project and then it seemed like the other projects that they were sending me, they just weren't, had nothing to do with mm-hmm. what I signed them on for. And then it's just a tough situation. Cause it's like, well, I didn't know that you wanted to head this direction. I, I know as an author, to some degree, there is you're just trying things until it sticks. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But when it's, you're jumping from kids picture books to adult nonfiction to gift devotionals, like when mm-hmm. you're just all over the map like that, that just shows, I mean, that is a flaw. And also it prevents you from being an expert in your genre. And what I'm running into more and more are authors who they want to write for whatever, you know, young adults, or they want to write fantasy, but they don't read the genre. They don't know who the players are. They don't know who the agents are. They want me to tell them who the agents are. And I'm just like, I'm not, it's, it shows that that is a flaw. If you do not have a strong handle on your competition and on your, your 
slice of the pie in the industry, yeah, it's going to be a disadvantage because mm-hmm. you aren't, your work is not going to stack up against what others are doing. An example of this that I see quite often is I get pitched a lot of fiction pr- fiction projects and I'm not really representing fiction, but right. Which, why are they pitching me <laughs> is like one example of like how they need to do the research, but they'll, people will say like, people have told me that this is a new adult novel. And I just want to be like, okay, well, is it, you're the author, you should know the genre. You should be able to determine if it is or isn't a new adult, you know, book. Right. That's terrifying. Cause that means that person essentially wrote a book without a genre in mind, really got to the end of it. Somebody else read it and they were like, I don't know what genre I wrote. Right. Uh, right. Don't do that. Something that has like a very clear, this is yes. adult. this is romance. This is YA. These are the different things. And if you don't know what it is, that means you're not reading in the space. That means you're not familiar with the books that are out there. And it means your book probably isn't going to cut it when it comes to publishers. Yeah. If you're not reading in the space that you're writing, you have no way of knowing what the readers of that genre expect Mm -hmm. from a title. And that's going to show up on your Amazon reviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because your main character is 20 years old, doesn't automatically drop your book in the new adult bucket. No, it does not. And I get a lot of people who assume that they can just genre classify their book based on the protagonist's age. And that is not how it goes. So Mm -mm. it's, um, yeah. It's yeah, lack of education on genre. To recap, to face your flaws as an author, you want to evaluate your manuscript and you want to evaluate the way that you're approaching your career. You want to make sure that you understand the writing craft and that you are moving forward and getting better and better and that you're taking feedback and improving. And you also want to make sure that you are finding your lane, staying in your lane, finding what works for you, what comes natural to your voice and to whatever style it is that you want to pursue. Get to know the space, get to know the players. And that is what is going to help you fix your writing life. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.